0: Welcome to our worship today from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne LeBar, in this season of Eastertide. The hymn at the end of the service is sung by the choristers of St. Martin in the Fields. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, whose Son, Jesus Christ, is the resurrection and the life, raise us who trust in him from the death of sin to the life of righteousness, that we may seek those things which are above, where he reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. Our first reading is from Acts chapter 9, beginning at verse 36. In Joppa there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, who heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him with the request, Please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them, and when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then, calling the saints and the widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, he stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner.
1: A reading from the Gospel according to John. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again Jesus said to them, "'Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. "'All who came before me are thieves and bandits, "'but the sheep did not listen to them. "'I am the gate. "'Whoever enters by me will be saved "'and will come in and go out and find pasture. "'The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy.' I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. Again, the Jews were divided because of these words. Many of them were saying, He has a demon and is out of his mind. Why listen to him? Others were saying, These are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered round him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else. And no one can snatch shat, can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are
0: one. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. There's an odd little detail in today's first reading which I really love. It's the reaction of those weeping widows in Joppa when their friend Tabitha dies. Peter gets an urgent summons to come to her house and when he arrives he's met by her friends clutching the clothes that Tabitha has made. That's the bit that gets me. The first thing they want to do is show him her needlework. We aren't told what they said but I can imagine it. She can't be dead. Look at the beautiful clothes she makes. Who's going to knit baby clothes now for the children without parents to care for them? Who's going to make warm blankets for people who are living rough? Who's going to rustle up something new or mend something old for someone that's only got rags to wear? Who's going to do all that if Tabitha isn't here? Tabitha is obviously their go-to person for make, do and mend. In a society where there was no such thing as fast fashion, that really mattered. I'm not surprised that all sorts of crafts have had a resurgence during the pandemic tough times do that to us and the desire to recycle and repair and reuse will be even more important as the cost of living crisis and the environmental crisis really starts to bite we need our tabithas people who can make and remake things not just for themselves but for others in need we need our tabithas to pass on those skills to the next generation We need our Tabithas, and so did her first century friends. Maybe Tabitha has such a special place in my heart because I like to sew and knit and I make a lot of my own clothes. I can understand how precious those garments she'd made would have been to the people who received them, how they would, in a sense, have felt like an extension of Tabitha herself. They would be a sign of her love. But whether we make things for ourselves or not, clothing can carry powerful memories, reminding us of special people and places and times. We may remember something we wore many years ago. We may even have clothes tucked away somewhere which we can't bear to throw away, even when they're well beyond wearing or we've got no chance of fitting into them anymore. The clothes we dressed our newborn children in Yes, I still do have the little baby grow I brought both of mine home from hospital in. Or an old jumper knitted with love and worn for comfort even when it's grown baggy and the moths have been at it. Or the ancestral christening gown or the wedding dress that we only wore for a few hours. Clothes speak to us and they speak of us as well. We often keep clothes belonging to people that we've loved who've died. They seem to hold the smell and the shape of the person who wore them. This week there's been a furore over Kim Kardashian wearing to the Met Gala the evening gown Marilyn Monroe wore to sing Happy Birthday to John F. Kennedy 60 years ago. Conservators of historical clothing were appalled at the potential damage this artefact might suffer. But whether it was a good idea or not, It showed the power of a piece of cloth to stir up memory and debate. Would it have mattered if it was just a replica? Well, it would seem so, at least to Kim Kardashian. The clothes that Tabitha made, I suspect, were far less costly than that dress, but they were priceless to those who received them. The Bible tells us that Tabitha was devoted to good works and charity, and clothing people was obviously at the heart of that for her. This was what she was famous for, if only among her friends. It was unthinkable to them that she was gone. They don't actually ask for her to be restored to life, and I'm sure they're as surprised as we would be when that happens. Of course, one day Tabitha will die again. Death is a part of life, and this story isn't about avoiding it. But in restoring Tabitha to life, this particular woman, even if only for a while, God affirms her value. The value of an apparently ordinary woman, who would otherwise have been forgotten by history. He brings her into the spotlight for probably the first and only time in her life. The early Christian community was disproportionately made up of people like Tabitha, people who were often marginalised enslaved or poor, women and children, people without status or value in the eyes of their society, people who'd normally have expected to live largely anonymous, unrecorded lives. Most would have no memorial, other than in the hearts of those who they loved and who loved them. But the message this story gives us is that we're all known and loved by God, of infinite value to him, Tabitha may be invisible to the world, but God sees her, knows her and values her. She stands for all those who, like most of us, will never do great things, but are called to do small things with great love. Tabitha's gift to the world was to pay attention to that call, to hear the voice of God and to recognise his presence in those who needed the kind of undramatic, everyday help she could give help that came in the form of a length of fabric, a needle and thread. In the Gospel reading, Jesus also celebrates those who listen to God faithfully. He uses the imagery of sheep and shepherds. In his world, sheep weren't penned in fields, they roamed free across the wilderness. It was easy for them to get lost. But the shepherds, often young children like the shepherd boy David, who grew up from obscurity to become a great king, those shepherds roamed with them. They looked out for good pasture and water, as well as guarding the sheep against danger. The shepherds knew the sheep and cared for them, and because of that, the sheep came to know and trust their shepherds too. They might not have known where they were going, but they knew who they were going with, whose voice they needed to listen out for, That was really what mattered. There's a lovely verse in Paul's epistle to the Colossians, which says, Your life is hid with Christ in God. I've always rather treasured that. Whether anyone else sees or notices us, God does. If everyone else forgets us, God will not. We may even forget ourselves if dementia takes hold of us, but God won't lose track of us or value us any the less. I suspect that this was what Tabitha's friends most needed to know, that she mattered to God as much as she mattered to them, that she was loved by the shepherd who'd always known her, named her and called her, and that if she mattered, so do we all. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, As we share the peace, we hold in our minds those from whom we are separated, members of our congregation, our families, our friends, and we remember that in God's hands we are all held together. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Almighty God, who raised Jesus from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high, may we know your resurrection power in our daily lives and look with hope to that day when we shall see you face to face and share in your glory, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. May Christ, who out of defeat brings new hope and a new future, fill you with his new life, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen.